This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, August 30th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Citizen Initiative on Short-Term Rental Cap heads to voters. The free box is free once more. Mountain Village moves forward with comprehensive plan and a mountain weather forecast. A citizen's initiative looking to cap the number of short-term rental licenses in the town of Telluride will likely head to the ballot this fall. The initiative would cap the number of short-term rental licenses to 400 per year, starting in 2023, with exemptions for residents who short-term rent their primary residence or commercial developments that prohibit owner-occupancy of a unit. As a citizen's initiative, Telluride Town Council only has the option to adopt the measure or send it to the voters. Council was scheduled to discuss the measure at its meeting last week. However, a protest against the initiative was filed before the meeting. A protest hearing was scheduled for Tuesday, August 31st, but then on Monday, the protest was withdrawn. Here's Telluride Town Clerk and protest hearing officer Tiffany Cavanaugh. That just means that because that protest has been withdrawn, that the hearing that was scheduled for tomorrow is vacated and there's no valid uh, protest pending any longer. So council can now take action on the citizen initiative. As the hearing officer for Telluride, Kavanaugh notes she is unsure why the protest was withdrawn, but she is aware of legal counsel's involvement. I know that attorneys had been discussing the matter um, outside of, you know, me being the hearing officer, I can't be involved with that. So I think that there were some conversations last week, perhaps, or today with attorneys. Town Council will now discuss the Citizens' Initiative on Thursday. While Council could decide to simply adopt the measure itself, Kavanaugh notes voters will likely see it on the ballot this November. Mayor Young did a little um, kind of straw poll. Even though it was not ready for action, she did kind of poll Council on whether if it was sufficient last week's meeting if they would even want to adopt it as an ordinance and nobody wanted to do that. So I think the odds of them just sending it via a resolution to the ballot are um, pretty good. Telluride Town Council will discuss sending the citizen initiative along with a second ballot measure addressing short-term rentals to the ballot on Thursday, September 2nd. The meeting is scheduled for 8.30 a.m. The free box is free once more. Boarded up in March 2020, it was one of the first local casualties of the COVID pandemic. Now, a year and a half later, the community institution is reopened. I couldn't be happier. I was heartbroken the day I got closed and I had no idea I would be standing here you know, being um, one of the people to open it back up. So I'm just thrilled and I couldn't be happier. This is a dream come true. That's Becky Boehm, Freebox supervisor. The boards came down and sat in the cubbies is over a year of discarded clothes, some broken toys and dust. A lot of dust. It's a time capsule of sorts. This is what was in there. Yeah. And March, I'm what, 15th, 2020? 2020, yeah. Looks like it. Not all of the relics are treasures. There's some trash in here so far down here. Some mismatched shoes. Yeah, definitely there's some stuff in here we wouldn't recommend leaving. Underwear, that's just 
You know, we don't need to have that. It's a good reminder of how to love the free box the right way. Well, a good motto uh, to keep in mind is share respectfully. You know, don't don't bring items here that you wouldn't wear or that are stained or ripped, you know, especially clothing wise. Um, please no electronics. Trying to keep items off of the sidewalk, just in the box only. No trash. This isn't a trash dump. No paints, no furniture, things like that. Be respectful. You know, think about it being your home. And, you know, if we can all treat it and love it just the same and respect it the way it should be, I think it's going to be a huge success. As the box reopens, a local or two peek around Pine Street to witness the moment. Local artist Brendan Burkle comes to collect one of the murals that adorned the plywood panels. I come for my turtle bird. Oh, that's yours? Yeah. Cool. Do you want to take it? Yeah, I'll take it. Sweet. That's awesome. It's yours. Sweet. Turtle bird. Turtle bird. Cool. As for Boehm, she has a small pile of items waiting to put in the free box, and she's keeping an eye out as well. A winter coat. <laughs> winter coat and winter boots. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> The pandemic may not be over, but signs of the funky, weird Telluride are coming back to life. One Telluridian's trash can be another's treasure once more. Mountain Village's Roadmap for the Future is one step closer to getting an update. The Comprehensive Plan, or Comp Plan, is the town's guiding light for development. It was first adopted in 2011 with a plan to have it in place for the next 30 years. But now, just 10 years later, Mountain Village is going back to the document for an amendment. The town doesn't anticipate huge changes to the plan, rather amendments that simplify the document and take into consideration economic changes, like Airbnbs or VRBOs, that weren't a reality 10 years ago. We recognize that the town has come a long way in the last decade. It's really come into its own. It has its own identity. So um, we've reached many of the goals from the comp plan, um, and we're just looking at this point to kind of fill in the gaps that are still there, enhance the community, and create a better experience for both visitors and residents. That's Ellie Schaefer with MIG, one of the consulting companies working with the town on the amendment process. Over the past few months, MIG and Economic Planning Services, the other primary consulting company, have been gathering data on what those changes could or should look like. Earlier this month, Mountain Village held an open house to get information from the community. The key takeaways from the comments, um, we heard a lot about attainable housing and the need for that in the town, especially to support the workforce. Um, there was a desire to present, preserve natural areas and protected open space within the town. Um, there was a desire to limit new traditional and dispersed hotbed development, um, just comments that we heard from the, the crowd. And then additionally, a desire for more daily services, such as pharmacies. Schaefer, along with EPS's Andrew Knudsen, presented findings from the open house to Mountain Village Town Council at its last meeting. Generally, with attainable housing, the preference from the community um, was primarily townhomes and multifamily apartments in terms of the product they'd like to see more of um, be becoming attainable in the town. Schaefer says she's also heard a desire for more opportunities to both buy and rent housing. 
She notes with the comp plan, they'd like to encourage diversification of types of units. One strategy we would like to point out in the plan is the utilization of existing accessory dwelling units or guest houses. So thinking about how some of those that are, you know, sit vacant much of the time um, could potentially be incentivized for long-term um, rent rentals instead of short-term rentals. Of course, guest units can also be used as hotbeds, like Airbnb and VRBO, and Knudsen says they don't want to completely eliminate those either. Hotbeds are the driver that brings guests into a community, and the guests bring their spending with them, and much of that spending uh, provides the viability for local retail, local shops and restaurants, the ski, res the ski area itself, as well as the fiscal benefits that accrue to the municipal jurisdiction, specifically Mountain Village. So we generally um, are predisposed to think that hotbeds are a critical element in an economy like Mountain Village. He says rather it's about finding the balance with long-term housing. Hotbeds, of course, can also include hotel rooms. Knudsen says in general, EPS and MIG recommend adding more hotbeds to Mountain Village's inventory. Schaefer adds, based on feedback she's received from the public, a need for more affordable housing is a key priority for the entire community. For what we heard verbally and like in the comments was, especially from people who identified as second homeowners, was that they do support um, workforce housing. Um, I think they're noticing the effects of it more and more, especially with COVID layered on, um, especially in restaurants and serve, level of service, that sort of thing. Up next is retail and restaurants amenities in Mountain Village. During the open house, Schaefer says they looked at what type of businesses the community would like to see that focus more on residents, less on the tourist population. We heard mostly a desire for, for more uh, food and drink or, or restaurants, um, especially a, a, more of a variety within the types that we have. Um, second was recreation services and amenities. Knudsen notes the retail sector has struggled, especially during COVID, and there could be benefit for Mountain Village to support those businesses. He suggests the possibility of a downtown development authority. In this case, what it does is manages funds, and those funds can then be directed to marketing, to events, to improvements, to underwriting specific retailers, and ensure that Mountain uh, Village has a diversity of retail, including uh, shops and tenants that are more local serving. Looking beyond housing and economic drivers, Schaefer says they heard support for including language around ADA accessibility in the comp plan, pedestrian paths, expanding parking, protecting open space, and water conservation. Mountain Village Town Council did not take any action on the draft comp plan at its meeting this month. It is continuing to gather feedback from the public with the hope of approving the comp plan later this fall. You want to start a business. You have an idea. But where do you go from there? Telluride's Venture Network is looking to help local entrepreneurs take a business idea and turn it into a reality. TVN is partnering with the University of Colorado Boulder's Lead School of Business to host a Startup to Scale Up Entrepreneurship Workshop. According to TVN, the aim of the workshop is to test the viability and readiness of a business idea, develop marketing strategies, and develop an understanding for small business infrastructure. The workshop will take place on September 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. and September 11th from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. 
The event will take place at the Lone Cone Library in Norwood. Registration is available at TellurideVentureNetwork.com. Why pay someone back when you could pay it forward? This week, the West End Pay It Forward Trust announced it will be awarding $12,000 in grant funding to nonprofits in the West End of Montrose County. Organizations are encouraged to apply for a minimum of $500, with grants available up to $2,500. The grants are available for local nonprofits with a focus on supporting West End communities, including Nucla, Natarita, Bedrock, and Paradox. The Pay It Forward Trust was created nearly a decade ago, with the mission to improve West End communities now and moving into the future. Applications are due by November 1st. They are available at westendpayitforward.org or at Bachman Law Office at 140 East Main Street in Natarita. The Department of Energy is launching a new research lab in Colorado. As KUNC's Alex Hager reports, scientists will collect data on water to build a better understanding of drought. New equipment in Crested Butte and nearby Gothic will gather data on a wide range of climate factors. Dan Feldman is the principal investigator with the project. He says this lab will help answer questions like why precipitation varies and why snow sometimes evaporates without melting. These are questions that have been thorny for a long time for the scientific community. And by bringing all of these measurements together at the same time, we have an opportunity to look at these problems from a bunch of different angles. Feldman says the lab is important because of acute drought throughout the region. Understanding of how water behaves in the mountains is limited, even though much of the Colorado River's water starts as snow and rain at high altitude. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for patchy smoke tonight with mostly clear skies and a low in the mid-50s. Tuesday, expect mostly sunny skies with patchy smoke and scattered showers and thunderstorms. Tuesday night should be mostly cloudy with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high is near 75 degrees with a low around 50. Wednesday calls for showers and thunderstorms with wind gusts as high as 20 miles per hour and a high in the mid-60s. Wednesday night, showers and thunderstorms are possible with a low around 50 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, August 30th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. We would like to thank everyone who has donated to Kodo during our summer fund drive. A huge thank you to Leanne and Barry Cicero, Richie Stothard, Neil McKinley, Michael Courtney, Axel Cook, Jeremy Katz, Kristen Hughes, Jordan Bushhouse, Jim Denny, Larry Mallard, Kate Grubel, Jeannie Stewart and Ian Bald, John Love, Kevin Dungan, Cheryl Kimley, Diego and Marcia Vietia, Carl Hauser, Melissa Sumpner, Cliff Moser, Travis and Jen Julia, Jareb and Katie Carter, Gavin Euler, Lou Mintz, Ginny and Stu Frazier, Jeannie Franks, Harley Brooke Hitching, Leslie and Bud Crane, Donna Davis, Rick Felker, Jay Ferguson, Debbie Festi, John Foote, James King and Beth Mayer, Nancy Landau, Patrick and Carly Latcham, Angie and Don Lundberg, and Anna Wilson. Thank you all so much.
And now, a personal commentary. Hey, CODA listeners. September is Suicide Prevention Month, and Tri-County Health Network has lots of events in store to memorialize those we have lost, support those still struggling with thoughts of suicide, and provide educational resources for the community. Join us for a youth mental health first aid class on September 13th and for a Safe Talk Suicide Alertness training on September 21st to learn how to support people experiencing mental health challenges or thoughts of suicide. On September 26th, join us in Town Park for the AFSP Out of the Darkness Suicide Prevention Walk. If you're interested in registering, please visit tchnetwork.org backslash events dash and dash classes to sign up. Join us in creating a suicide safer community and always remember you're not alone. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact the staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.